Hey everyone, and welcome back to another installment of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It is Sunday, June 27, 2021, and this is the 75th episode of our humble little show. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. 75, dude. Like Three quarters. I'm, uh, yeah, because what was the old thing you'd get syndication at like 100 episodes back in the sitcom era? Uh, maybe so. Was that like five seasons of 20 episodes ordered where they could finally say, I wonder if they like wrap that into like, well, we could run this wall to wall for a 24 hour period. And that's, yeah, that's where you got into the syndication route. Right. And then, yeah, just get those repeat episodes. That was the yeah. way to make money in television is like, I, I think it's, I mean, it still is. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, we'll talk about that later, yeah. but we're uh, three quarters of the way there. Yeah. And in podcast land, we're really like, one tenth of the way to like you know even a body of work like yeah. what a, gr jre has like 1700 episodes now yeah uh joe budden just had his 450 yeah um, that's less but yeah <laughs> was he alone <laughs> <laughs> no he has some new people up in there okay yeah. well i'm anxious to hear more about that um thanks for coming over today you're the yeah. first person i've seen i've been in my own quarantine yeah. For the last four days on my deathbed. So got that strip. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so glad to be back. Um, and hope, hope the voice holds up over the course of the hour. Yeah. You I'm ready? looking forward to it, man. Let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci. How they deep in they bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. Dude, get into this episode with me, please. We've just been sitting around snickering, like watching videos, music videos, all the new little baby little dirks coming out. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I'm a little baby. We've just been procrastinating. We're so effective at just nailing the boilerplate, shipping it. We're looking at a little episode with little show notes with like two minutes of audio. We're like, now to do the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Such a chore on a Sunday. Hello. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Let's turn nothing to something. Okay. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I've been trying to do with my whole life the last couple of days. Is that right? Just trying to get back to, dude, I, I discount how just amazing I feel all the time compared to <laughs> when I'm sick. Yeah, it'll humble you real quick. Oh, my goodness. I just felt like such a baby. I was telling my colleagues, I'm like, listen, my mom was, you know, under the weather last week. Mm -hmm. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a roommate. This is ultra sad right now. Like, yeah. I'm just... Men are such up. wimps yeah. at getting sick. You need that chicken soup. You need that ginger ale. You had to do it yourself. Oh, man. I had to go to the, the pharmacy by myself. And I, I'm like almost veering into people. <laughs> I'm so loopy. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> There's no cohabitant of my life or home. So <laughs> I'm doing this myself. <laughs> I, love, I I do got to call you out. I saw you thirst trapping on IG. Okay. Let's, <laughs> with, let, with your shirt off. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let, did you talk to Meredith? No. Okay. Because she said the same thing. I'm so sick Yo, of this. You're out here saying, oh, I'm sick. Oh, Somebody oh, take oh care okay. Of me. Okay. Okay. 
shirt off. I see that them was, shoulders. That was I see them Saturday. collarbones. I see them collarbones just hanging out. Yeah. You like those? Uh-huh. Yeah, they trap rain and stuff, you know? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you just want the ladies shut, to be able to sip wine shut, out your collarbones. Shut up. I'm Anytime I turn the camera around, I'm thirst trapping. Any Anytime. I could post a selfie. I could post a thought. And people are like, you're thirst trapping. And you know what happens? Stuff gets viewed, saved, and DM'd out the butt. I'm, I'm telling you, like... When we post our videos of like just us talking or mm-hmm. goofing off, whatever, thirst it, trapping, whatever, like how is this mm-hmm. thirst trapping? So I was, I'll tell you, I was thirst trapping for any attention because <laughs> I had gotten sick on Wednesday night. Uh-huh. Okay. I was, I could not move all Thursday. Yeah. Like I ordered food once, I had two bites of it, threw up later. Like I was just, beside myself i had not yet gotten diagnosed i thought okay this will just i'm gonna give it 24 hours mm-hmm. um you know take the normal stuff like i have some sinus you know um cold flu mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but i thought it might be some of these things and uh i think it was like thursday afternoon thursday afternoon i think i posted about it on ig and i was definitely um I just had no one to care for me, Brad. But the thing that... It it was comedy, though. Like, you know what you were saying? You had your bit about, you know, losing some weight and um, all that. I I thought it was funny. So I'm just kind of pulling your leg. I posted posted my symptoms Uh on IG like Thursday night, which is not normal for me. Yeah. Maybe I missed that one. Yeah. This has been... um, This has been... Maybe you're a more distant follower of mine on IG. Maybe you don't see my stories pop up first it's hit or miss if it was on thursday then like i was working on master's classes no i feel you i feel you i was at home in bed i took three baths i was just dying dude i i could not stop shivering i was so cold and it it was just and then i would sweat in bed and it was just Mm -hmm. it was terrible i was going through it and Friday morning, I woke up and I'm like, oh, I'm not better at all. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately made a telehealth appointment. And uh, the funny thing was that I had gotten a lot of DMs off of my symptoms story from our friends in the medical community, Mm -hmm. like Brock, Perry, Leticia. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember all the people that hit me up and were like trying to diagnose me. And honestly, shout out to shout out to Perry, our friend Perry Edelman. She Mm -hmm. Diagnosed me, diagnosed me correctly, and then was like, if you need anything, like I can go get scripts filled for you or bring you food. I was like, goodness, hey. like you're a nice friend. This is, you know, her taking her work home with her, I guess, because <laughs> she's a, a nurse, I think at Baylor or somewhere. But uh, that was very much appreciated. Yeah. A lot of people, I, I got a lot of sympathy off of that, if you will, like a lot of outreach, which was really heartwarming. But the, the medical guys on uh, Instagram were really dead on. Brock was saying like, rhino swine virus or something is like rampant right now Mm -hmm. and uh the flu is definitely going off and strep and um so i I made this telehealth appointment and the lady had me like turn my flashlight on on my iphone Mm -hmm. and then like pointed down my throat and then like put my throat on the camera (laughs) and she was like oh yeah you got strep son and uh so she called in these uh you know these meds and whatnot the, the frustrating part was the pharmacy just messed it all up. And so one of them got ready before the other one. And then uh, there was a, the doctor filed the wrong compound. What? So they had to call the doctor. They could not 
contact the doctor immediately. And then once I called back and was on hold with Walgreens for 30 minutes in the bathtub, uh, trying to inquire about the mouthwash, they give you like this throat numbing mm -hmm. mouthwash agent. Um, they finally got a hold of it and they finally took me off hold and they said, well, we're going to have to mix this up when you come in. Like mm -hmm. it's cold. It needs to be stored in a refrigerator. So you need to take it immediately home. Yeah. It's like, all right, fine. So I get there and then it still takes them like an hour. So I'm just like dying in this mm -hmm. Walgreens and uh, got home. But I'm five amoxicillin deep, uh, almost done with the the throat stuff. And yeah, I'm feeling a lot better now. You look you look good. I felt the best that I'd felt up until that point, obviously mm -hmm. Saturday morning. And I was honestly so thrilled because I woke up and I was like, "Ooh, I love all these shadows I'm seeing mm -hmm. on my body. And I got on the scale and then whatever. I was like... <laughs> I'm going to make it a personal goal to um, share more of myself in a Dave Portnoy-esque manner. <laughs> like, just funny stuff because yeah. it's who we are. It's it's an engaging thing. And I'll tell you, I don't get – I don't have more authentic conversations on social media than when I'm just, like, being authentic. Yeah. You know? And you know how I am at all times not at work. <laughs> yes, I know. So, I'm just a goober. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I totally – thought about not posting that and then i'm like i posted it first couple of comments from my family from uh -huh. people thirst trap and what you doing <laughs> you feel fine we're not worried about you anymore uh -huh. and then uh, uh other top comments got a bunch of people that reached out and said man send that strep my way i need a reset too <laughs> <laughs> i could lose a good five <laughs> and uh people girls love it when i don't do my hair when yeah. i don't make it helmet head yeah, and all controlled mm -hmm. um they like that nappy boy uh, yeah and yeah. i'm like okay I, I don't know how to do that in public yeah. but yeah uh, so i will I say two things i missed your first video so i probably didn't recognize like how poorly you were feeling so i apologize for that secondly the video the video that i did see it was funny but as one of your best friends it's my job to pull your leg yeah, yeah. no 100 percent. yeah so i like i don't want to I don't want to joke to the point where you don't post videos like that because it was no. it was more funny than it was thirst trappy. But. And you know what though, it was thirst trappy, and I got to tell you that thirst trap worked. I'm <laughs> tell you what, that's all I want to hear. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like that might have been the most successful thirst trap of all time. Actually, <laughs> catch Carson out here uh, just pretending that he's sick more often. He's I, like, yeah, my voice. And I don't get why the shirtless thing is a big deal. I just gotten up. Mm -hmm. I just gotten off the scale. Y'all think I'm weighing myself with a shirt? Well, I think it's more like you were, you know, it was comedy style, but I don't typically see you do that like any other time. Like, I, I guess I haven't seen you do that with a shirt, you know? You've only seen me do that without a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we don't need to like. I didn't even, it. I it was collarbone up. You could only yeah, see. Yeah, it was a tease. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's so funny. Uh huh. Um, the way that the story cut is, if you <laughs> DM'd me off the first or the second one, I'm in a really kind of effeminate pose <laughs> at the break. Were you of like the... arching your back? Wow. No, I was like, I was like this. I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's kind of. Like even <laughs> our friend Emily literally took a screenshot of her three. So there was three videos in that yeah. series. 
She had DM'd me off each of them. Uh -huh. Then she made an awesome screenshot with squiggles pointing to, look at how gay you look in this one. Because it was just kind of a, a funny post. The whole thing was uh -huh. unintentionally and intentionally comedic, whatever. Yeah. I loved it. And I want to see more. It helped me get through yet another day of solitude and not feeling 100. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling well enough for me to come over and for us to be able to poke fun a bit. And I want to see more comedy videos from you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, seems like we're like always we're getting it. We're getting a day in the life, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was trying to make the best out of nothing, and you know, you just I I got so depressed being sick. Like mm -hmm. you know, in some ways, it was kind of nice to just um, you know, we have a, a more expanded team now. On Thursday, I uh, just declined every meeting invitation I didn't want to take. Mm -hmm. There was a demo with like, it was a big MRR value amount. Yeah. So I, I told our CRO, I was like, yeah, I, I could be in the hospital and I would give a demo that big. Yeah. Um, that one I want to move forward. So he was like, all right, respect, but get your respect, get your uh, rest. And uh, so I did that demo. I just admitted right off the bat. I was like, by the way, I think I have strep, mm -hmm. you know, forgive me if I'm loopy. And then we had a successful 70 minute demo with, you know, the, the two points of contact at this company. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went and got a bath and died kind of, <laughs> I put, I literally put in like a meeting block from one to six sick. Yeah. Um, same thing on Friday after the all hands, I, I canceled our pipeline review mm -hmm. and uh, just took the necessary meetings. So I've been at home since Wednesday night. I was out of the wine bar when this started. Like mm -hmm. I was, uh, I told, I told my friend, I was like, I gotta go. Like, yeah. Something's descending upon me. I thought that I'd gotten too much sun at the pool earlier that afternoon. Mm. Um, so not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say like, you know, cause on IG, I see you killing it on appreciate, you know, you're kind of showing some of your socials and stuff. And now if we sprinkle in some of those, those comedic videos, I'm like the range, right? I'm like, this dude is well-rounded. He, he's, he's got the business on lock. And he's a funny, personable dude. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and that's not, I'm not sitting there scripting that. You know what I mean? I know. Like, I'm not it, it seemed authentic. writing um, show notes or anything for that. Of course. Um, I think that you and I try to crack each other up. Like uh, a lot of our close friends are, you know, comedians and hucksters. Mm -hmm. we, could, we could have, we could have uh, a series. I we've like. we've considered doing open mic, mm -hmm. you know. This is true. Like yeah, we, we like put written. together bits. Yeah. Like, what do you watch more than anything? Yeah, comedy, comedy, stand up comedy. All the mm -hmm. podcasts that I watch, even on politics, are in the comedy genre. <laughs> like, yeah. everything is comedy now. They're some of the best. Uh, they're some of the best real journalists of our time in some ways, in terms of commentary. Yes. in a truthful way. Yeah, that reflects the views of like, hey, we're not trying to, you know come across as bigoted or anything like mm -hmm. or, or exclusionary but some of this stuff is crazy yeah man like i mean not that we need to spend a whole nother segment on bo burnham again but like his uh sock puppet bit <laughs> yeah. it gets like real for a second you know uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh that, you know still comedy though oh his, his stuff is i mean goodness he's dialed in for for our generation yeah um and that's what's just so interesting to see Mm -hmm. I've been reflecting so much on the whole generational thing recently. I had a lot of sad, sick time this week to <laughs> think about things. And 
watch some sports, watch some movies. Like yeah. I watched a bunch of old Happy Madison movies, oh. Deuce Bigelow, yeah. uh, Strange Wilderness. Uh, yeah, that, that one did not get a lot of shine, but no, I no, no, remember no. that. It, it probably yeah. was a million dollar budget, but my, uh, my best friend in high school, Jake Morrow and I, mm-hmm literally could recite that entire movie to you really when it was so fringe we loved it it was like jonah hill's first debut or something like it was way back One in of the day them. uh did you ever see the movie accepted yes yeah I, so he's in that one i remember it's um, like the whole justin long uh-huh. um happy madison crossover yeah it's it's where happy madison and judd apatow crossover and then judd apatow kind of goes out on his own later it seems yeah. like but I those like that. Happy Madison ones, it's all bathroom humor and like <laughs> just like the staples, you know? <laughs> of course. Yeah, man. I, I love uh, Big Daddy and Billy Madison. I think Mr. Deeds is just about Mr. the best. Mr. Deeds. Oh, my goodness. Mr. Deeds is, yeah, yeah. Classic. incredible. Classic. But you forget how, just how laugh out loud. Like I'm sitting there sick and I'm laughing <laughs> out loud alone in my apartment. And uh, that's just, there's an art to that still. And they won't be able to make that. Did I tell you that I did? try the the king of staten island you you tried did i tell you that no okay well i tried and i turned it off i watched it full like all the way through Un, uh it was forgettable yeah 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 I, I, i'm just not the biggest pete davidson fan to be honest no like i don't like, know i he, don't i funny it roasts but yeah, i don't get it I, most it. of those SNL people kind of alone, I feel like they've gotten so corporatized sometimes that they're just like, it's just like hack humor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I was looking through the previews last night and I saw like a Lorne Michaels movie and I was like, I'm not even going to do this one because yeah. it's just going to be dumb, you know? Right. None of those are very, very good. Mm-hmm. I thought MacGruber was pretty funny. Oh my goodness, bro. <laughs> All uh, MacGruber. So funny story. That's the first rated R movie uh, my brother ever went to because I took him and I kind of snuck him in um, back whenever it came out in theaters. And me, Alec, Gerald, like we watched that. We used to watch it all the time. Like that's <laughs> that's one of my all time favorite comedy movies. Highly inappropriate, um, but amazing. Yeah, well, and it tanked in the box office, but it has like a cult following now. Like a lot of people love it. It's just one of those that didn't do well in the box office, but has done tremendous since. Yeah, I think that I think that except for like James Cameron productions and like huge blockbuster movies, um, they're really just going for like all or nothing. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're going for viewership and whatnot, just go ahead and send it to the streaming services. Right. If you're looking to make that box office, like you need to make a billion dollars, like an F nine, for instance, Mm -hmm. and you know that you can hold it down globally. Yeah. That's another thing, but, um, you're going to see F nine. You know what? I would like to actually, Mm -hmm. why not? I, I don't have a problem with them continuing to do them. I don't either. Like in some ways I appreciate that. I it's need... like the family that we need. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because we need that consistent thread. And I just need to see the ridiculousness amped up with each movie. Like, I need to see how far they can take it. I know. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, the suspension of disbelief <laughs> has yeah. to be employed at the beginning of the show. Yeah, so... 
Fast and Furious 9 came out on Friday. I, w- I might see it by the time we record again. Um, just because I, I love... I don't know. Everything that they do is so ridiculous, but I love it. There's something about that franchise where each of those people were all independently famous and wealthy prior to mm-hmm. joining the cast. And then there's been nine movies over what 15 20 years at this point yeah probably closer to 20 um this is gonna parlay perfectly into some prepared notes i have for you hey i want to yeah like i mean just the fascin like i just want to see tyrese gibson and Ludacris call each other like oh big, my big geez. forehead or fat head like the Fast I, I, and the Furious, two thousand one. Two thousand, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Twenty man. years, yeah. So they literally have been here for a generation. To the extent that even with Paul Walker's death, it's like his entire likeness has been inherited by this franchise, mm-hmm. and the way that they bring him back, and like you know, bring him back in memories and different mm-hmm. things, like. Uh, and the fact that he also died doing something so similar to the plot of the series, yeah. I, there's just something about it for everybody. I feel like of a certain age, for sure. Um, another aspect came out when we were ten, eleven. I know. Another aspect that I love, like if you were to watch the first Fast and Furious and then go and catch uh, Fast Nine, you would be like, "What happened?" Because it would be so vastly different. Uh, you know, cause in the first one, they're just racing for pink slips, you know, and kind of skirting the cops, but the next one, you know, fast nine, they're out here flying th- almost like in a car, they're, they're like crashing makeshift tanks car through buildings, rocket like, ship. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Their network has grown and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of steroids as well. Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, it's just like, there's only a couple actors the that rock, even qualify Diesel, to be big John enough to Cena. be. Yeah. in the the show yeah. but they also have uh isn't helen Mirren yes in this one yep as uh the mom right i don't i don't remember but maybe i mean come on we gotta go see that yeah we got the theater right across the street true this is true that uh the generational impact of all of that it we're seeing so many of those remakes and different things like that and i actually i've been watching some documentaries over the last couple of days as mm-hmm. well um, all through the Trump presidency, I was looking forward to the documentaries that I knew would come out in the next four years yeah. covering just all the, the hoopla, right? Mm-hmm. And so I watched this six-part series on HBO okay. uh, on QAnon. Mm. Are you familiar with Q, QAnon? I, I mean, a little, but you're about to school me. Yeah, so... I, I do actually want to talk about the Q stuff. Let's do that first because I mainly want to talk about uh, looking back over the last couple of years and realizing that some of the footage that's being shown to me in 2013, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, that was eight years ago now. I was actually pretty fresh out of college. Like, I'm trying to like place myself mm-hmm. and I'm noticing that everyone around 30, 31, you know, and up, they kind of have a different sense of time you know different like what month is it like you kind of go blank sometimes like and i realized that all growing up like you had such little data behind you like Mm -hmm. it was easy to try to remember it all or like sure 
you know, understand where we, everything was before you, yeah. you know, and now we're living in the present. And now that there's so much data behind you and me in our lives, mm-hmm. um, I have a whole trivia game we're going to play based off of that oh, no. on our childhoods and tying it back through to current events. Okay. Um, what did it, QAnon? What is QAnon? QAnon, uh, I guess I'll give you my spiel on it. Okay. Um, QAnon, like, all I really knew was that the media had referred to it as the right, far right wing conspiracy theory, um, which essentially showed Donald Trump battling like a global ring of um, like democratic billionaire pedophiles, essentially. And you you heard about a pizza gate at Comet pizza where they thought that, you know, John Podesta's emails linked, you know, cheese pizza to child pornography and, They, you depending know, on what toppings you I, got i watched a i watched a documentary on that i watched yeah. the documentary on QAnon, and it was very frightening because QAnon is basically you know there was a guy that started posting to i think 4chan and then 8chan mm-hmm. uh, as q just these like rambling you know yeah. sentiments and and code theories and um it just gained this like traction where it was like propping up uh, it, all of 8chan's traffic and made it like a top 1000 site in the world. And yeah. um, it was making its way through like the GOP. Like people were becoming radicalized that, you know, Hillary and everybody was like, you know, they were eating children and <laughs> running pedophile rings. And like there was a, a cabal, uh, yeah. like a, a global cabal that they had to take down and be vigilant against. And um, you started seeing like a lot of the Trump MAGA merch like merch mm-hmm. get mixed in with q stuff yeah and um where we go one we go all like you know even general flynn was posting that to social media with his family and just uh it became this like sick loop that gained a bunch of traction and i honestly think that it accounts for the majority of the people that stormed the Capitol on january 6th mm-hmm. i think the majority of those people that i think there were probably some people at the rally i knew that there were a lot of journalists there like yeah and the more documentaries that come out, I'm like, there were a lot of people there that <laughs> yeah. like saw what was going on. Yeah. Like they, I, they knew they needed the cameras on, but the people like the guy with the, the centaur, like the, yes. the horns, dude, he's been in other documentaries. He's been at really? Q rallies and literally, uh, at GOP demonstrations for several years, like mm-hmm. in that character. So it's, so he's, wa- he's that when you say in that character, like he's been wearing centaur yes. type stuff for years. Yes. Like he Here. literally appeared at like a town hall okay. uh, on on Q or something. Um, Did it I'll, give a re- like? That's just his thing. Did it give a like? Is it symbolic in some way? Or they didn't touch on that. Uh, no, not really. Okay. No, he's just a, a character in that. Interesting. In that situation, um, let me uh, let me see if I can. Okay, so it's Q on HBO. Uh-huh. Um, After Truth was really interesting documentary. That was where um, we talk about the fake news and disinformation, and they touch on the Q stuff there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it's really weird. So this this documentary is very worth watching because this documentarian, Colin uh, somebody, Colin is his name, he goes to um, the Philippines and meets the 8chan founder mm-hmm. who is like, it's a very strange um, 
uh, physical malady that he has. Uh, hmm. He basically only has like a torso body with hands. Oh. And, um, but was like the coder behind HN that built yep. it. And then he sold it to this father son team called the Watkins, okay. Jim and Ron Watkins. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So if you're going to go watch this, the big, the big thread throughout the series is who is Q? You know, right. they, they tracked on the IP address to like Steve Bannon's house at one point oh. with the 8chan admin code monkey, Ron yeah. Watkins, who is now banned from Twitter and mm -hmm. has been implicated in other things. It's a long, Jeez. like everything is interconnected. It's really yeah. wild to see um, and, and match it with like prosecution and legislation that's happened since. Mm -hmm. But the whole thread is like, who is Q? You know, right. and they're talking to the 8chan people like, hey, can't you see like mm -hmm. if you can take over a, and, and moderate a post or do whatever like you know is it you that's q is it somebody else is it steve bannon general flynn is it donald trump mm -hmm. and so literally it just uh they they kind of reveal who it is um inadvertently okay and um it, it's a wild it, it's a wild doc he spends a lot of time with ron watkins code monkey in china mm -hmm. and in japan and in the Philippines and the HN founder, uh, he really wanted to shut the thing down once it was uh, tied to all of these white supremacist uh, shootings. Right. People were live streaming, going into mosques or synagogues and like shooting people up. Mm -hmm. And people would be like, oh, this is a LARP, a live action role play. Yeah. I didn't even realize that was like what that stood for. Mm -hmm. But there, and then you know, 40 deaths later, they'd be like, oh, that wasn't a LARP. And all the message boards would be lit up with like white nationalist people going, you know, amazing, you know, Jeez. literally these guys are doing it for likes. Yeah. And because they're so radicalized by this, these boards and just all this stuff. Wow. Um, so he there's a big legal battle in the Philippines where he ends up, you know, fleeing the country with the documentarian. Um, like minutes before the indictment comes down he was he was being charged with uh internet libel against mm -hmm. or slander against the watkins because he was like they the people that took it over from me they have no regard for human life like they're white nationalists themselves yeah. and he follows all of these people in close proximity and has all of their trust over a period of years and drops it in this six-part series it's wildly fascinating yeah i'm on that he follows it from the technical uh, aspect, but also shows all the crap that happened, you know, uh, socio-politically. Got it. I'm going to start watching that tonight. It's uh, I, I've been in my HBO subscription a lot more here recently. And their HBO is quality. HBO Max? They have a... No, I'm not on HBO Max. Oh, I think it's just, it's just HBO. Okay. I also watched the Theranos one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That one was crazy. I know I'm a little late to the game on that one, but I'd never really dug deep on who Elizabeth Holmes was. Mm -hmm. Same. Uh, same thing with The Perfect Weapon. Oh, I do have HBO Max. Never mind. Okay. Um, the Perfect Weapon is really scary. It's a, a searing look inside the rise of cyber warfare as the primary way nations now compete with and sabotage one another. I'm intrigued. You that, and you recommend that? Oh, yeah. Okay. That one is... So uh, cue into the storm. You you don't realize how at war we are right now. And mm -hmm. that war will never be fought likely with tanks and stuff again. It's going to be fought primarily... Uh, like, dude, to watch 
different groups be able to so effectively utilize social media, messaging boards, and the internet to literally divide and prejudice and radicalize people? It's insane. Yeah. I agree. At, and like, again, I know kind of last uh, episode I was talking like, yeah, you know, strain away from politics and everything. It's been, it's been nice. It's been light. But I mean, that was my biggest issue with what came with the Trump presidency. Like not everybody, I don't, I definitely don't believe everybody that voted him as racist or anything like that. And they, you know, just wanted what was best for business and corporation and, you know, making them money and everything. But all of the shady things that happened, you know, on the dark web or, or, you know, QAnon, like I, I feel like it was just incited by Trump's rhetoric. And so even, even if he, you know, is uh, not for any of that, just the way that he spoke, uh, it just seemed to bring on these different types of groups. And that was my biggest issue with his presence. He was a genius. Like one of the, one of the show clips that they showed was uh, when Savannah Guthrie was pressing him at a town hall, like, will you disavow QAnon? And he's like, well, I don't really know anything about them, but, um, and she said, well, they're a group that thinks that, you know, you're taking down a group of like, you know, global, a global cabal of pedophiles. And he's like, well, I'm definitely not for pedophiles, Savannah. So, you know, and it was that kind of thing where he could say, well, the premise of it seems noble, um, (laughs) you know, but he wouldn't disavow it. And, uh, you know, even people in his office were like just getting real cozy with it because it was such a religion. Like it was such a crossover between politics and religion and the way that the evangelicals have weaved in, you know, the fact that Trump was like a, like a Cyrus or like a David, like an imperfect vessel that was going to enact the greater good, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes to do a little bit of bad to enact a greater good or to use an imperfect person, you know, is just, especially when you think that you can get your sins confessed and forgiven at any time Mm -hmm. and we're all equal then. I mean, that's pretty crazy. That is, yeah. You know, in terms of like walking around. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So, uh, yeah, I forget where we were going with that, but, um, I don't know, but I, yeah, I'm locked in on that documentary for sure. He enabled a lot of that. Right. I I think that there's also things that like, anybody at that level is uh is privy to or doing like there i hate to be this guy but there was one of these stories that you know i'm like maybe this did happen because it kind of makes sense like Mm -hmm. there was some sort of uh there's some sort of story about how back in the bin laden you know hunt era Mm -hmm. how their forces over in pakistan or wherever had located him and we're going to give him over to the u.s officials but instead of like negotiating that transfer we like got the location and went to kill him instead or like we uh we got him and then we put him back somewhere and then we killed him over there and like Mm -hmm. you know it sounded like we had multiple opportunities to capture him and we chose a certain path Mm -hmm. uh which would be a huge political win for the administration and power at the time yeah i'm not saying that that's true um but that that would make sense and not even be something that I would uh, necessarily frown at in some ways. Right. But when you think about 
is it ever as crystal clear as they give it to us? You know, hey, we found Bin Laden in this house and we shot him. Oh, great. Navy SEAL Team 6. That's amazing. Um, You know, and then later it's like, well, it makes it stands to reason that you could have staged that in some ways. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I I don't you're not going to be innocent. Like if you're the president, I don't care what political party you're with. You know, you're always going to have agendas, and uh, the, I'm sure there's tons and tons of information that we're not privy to. And you always want your political party to be shown in the best light. Um, yeah, so I could definitely see how something like that could go down. Well, I'm more than happy to veer away from the the worlds of conspiracy and politics for the moment, if you are as well. Sounds good, man. What's been going on with you? Aliens exist. Okay, now let's move on. Oh, well, so what do you, what do you want to talk about there? We, we know that aliens exist. I feel like all these uh, UFO sightings, I'm like, if aliens were, were capable of building like these, these UFOs and, you know, we, um, we have no idea what they are, like, wouldn't they also be able to make them transparent and like hidden? Like, if they have the technology and they don't want to be seen, I feel like we wouldn't see them. Well, I mean, maybe it's not pertinent that they're not seen. Well, then why haven't they made contact? Maybe they have no interest. Why haven't we gone and talked to the ants? Okay. You don't walk up to an anthill and you're like, hey, I want information from you. But we also don't have the technology to communicate with them. Maybe they don't have the technology to communicate with us. Maybe, Maybe we're not evolved to a certain extent where we can, you know, accept communication. But if they them. were capable of building like the UFO and everything, they probably are somewhat similar to us, right? Like if they've been able to adapt and live, like I feel like they wouldn't 100% be human, but I feel like they would be more like us than we're like ants. Oh, not guaranteed at all. You don't think so? No. It could be consciousness, like driving around a UFO. It could be us from the future or us evolved. It, so that would could, be us. They would well, be when, us. When you look at the the spectrum or the sequence, what am I saying? The timeline of technology and like the way that we are changing where like, you know, we used to all be agra- an agrarian society and hunter gatherers and like we were out and the, we were fit and we were, look at the way that we've changed. Like we're getting softer. We're getting... Mm-hmm you know, bigger heads, um, you know, smaller, uh, muscles, you know, more belly fat. Like we're, we're morphing into almost what the proverbial aliens have been shown to be, which is kind of like, you know, a big head, small bodied creature, Mm -hmm. uh, that is, you know, geared mostly for brain activity. It seems like, did you see, uh, the scientists that announced a massive fossilized skull that they found a massive what? fossilized skull no um so they're dating it back to 140,000 years ago um and the researchers have named this species uh they've given it the nickname dragon man interesting yeah um let's see uh let me look it up real quick So it says the skull belonged to a mature male who had a huge brain, massive brow ridges, deep set eyes, and a bulbous nose. It had remained hidden in an abandoned well for 85 years. So I guess it had been found previously and then rediscovered. Um, 
but they're calling it like a, a new species. They're saying um, the team said that it's uh, not the Neanderthals, um, but the Homo longi. Um, it says the team said that the Homo longi was the extinct human species mostly closely related to our own. If confirmed, that would change how scientists envision the origin of Homo sapiens, which has been built up over the years from fossil discoveries and the analysis of DNA. So, how would it change their interpretation of? Our... I guess, I guess, like the size of the skull and and uh, just just the the genetic setup of it. <laughs> Do I sound okay right now? I think. <laughs> okay, my entire mouth is numb. I just took more of that mouth numbing agent and I can't feel anything. I mean, your so. tongue's like hanging out. But. Okay. <laughs> um man, so what do you what do you where do you sit on all that? Yeah, like cool. For me, like if you are you asking like because of my religious beliefs or are you just asking? Well, like, yeah, I did catch that you just threw down the 140,000 years ago comment. Uh -huh. And so let's start there. Okay. Um, like if this dates back to after the Garden of Eden, like, I don't know. Like I'm no, I'm no biblical theologian scholar. Like Theologist. I don't have, I don't have uh, the, all the answers, but. If this, you know, this could have been a being that lived even before Christ and it could have been around 140,000 years ago. I mean, that's super simplified, but somebody could be like, no, you know, the Garden of Eden wasn't 140,000 years ago. And then, then that, that would debunk my answer. But um, just off the top of my head, that's, that's my original thought. I think one of the biggest misconceptions that we have about how life operates maybe outside of this world and whatnot is the concept of time mm -hmm. and, you know, how time could be different. Time could be happening all at once. There's the future. There's the past. There's the present. I think that we have a very simplistic view of time and it's only based on what we experience here. And when we're really being honest with ourselves, like we've only gotten great documentation of what's been occurring for the last several hundred years. Yeah. You know, there's even on the, you know, loosely documented side, what are we looking at about 2000 years? Mm -hmm. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. When we're talking in terms of 65 million years, 140,000 years, even if you're a uh, creationist, biblical, evangelical Christian that thinks that the world is somewhere between maybe 10 and 12,000 years old, um, you know, 2000 years is a blip. Mm -hmm. So I think that one of the things that I've started to employ that I think works, whether you're a Christian or not is, um, this world could have been used several times prior mm -hmm. is my theory. Like, I think that we could have had Maybe, maybe Jesus has come back to this world and saved us three times already, you know, <laughs> you think? new crops, you know, we get hit by an asteroid or there's a, a global ice age. And then we evolve from this, you know, chimp or whatever is going on, uh, this homo sapien, whatever it is. And, uh, 
you know, we start to command tools and we build technology. Like this goes back to our Tower of Babel conversation where I'm like, it doesn't make sense that just with rock and stone that God was actually threatened and needed to go break up their languages and all of that Mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, alter their plan to continue building the tower to heaven, essentially. Yeah. You know, but what if, what if they actually had Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk? What if they were at that point of, um, you know, intelligent design and um, ingenuity and right. innovation in their their world at that point? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. nothing ever said that we were the only ones. That's fair. I don't have all the answers, but uh, they're saying that this dragon man. Uh, his brain is about 7% larger than the average brain of a living human. What? Yeah. Um, they argue that Dragon Man's combination of anatomical features are found in no previously named species. Um, that they consider the lineage of bipedal apes that diverged from other African apes. Um, yeah. Well, Interesting stuff. They're even talking about certain chimp species right now that are gaining more of the use of tools and they're seeing evolve in real time, like mm-hmm. over the last documented history, you know, of, you know, caretakers and researchers that we probably have a couple hundred years worth of data on that now. Yeah. And I think even in that time period, they've seen evolution and it's like, is there another species that would, could rise up if we, if we don't melt this planet or get it meteored? Right. I watched Greenland yesterday, <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, that was really real. Did uh-huh. you watch that Is one? That Tom Gerard Hanks? Butler. Oh, then no. And yeah, the the meteors or the comet is going to shower meteors on the Earth. It's going to provide extinction level events, and they get presidential bunker access, and they try to make it to Greenland. It's a whole. It's a pretty good movie, actually. Okay. Um, and I think it. You know, it was crazy because I think it, the sometimes the media foreshadows where we're going with things like, Mm -hmm. you know, they do these kinds of, uh, it just, the breakdown of society and the immediate looting and people trying to, your morality changes, you know, your fight or flight changes in those situations where all of a sudden, you know, you've got 36 hours before everyone is dead unless you do certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, and even then there's no guarantee. I like it. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. I think science will, like if we just keep advancing, um, hopefully, and what I would like to see is that, you know, it still connects with my religious beliefs. So I don't know much about this and I should probably brush up on like biblical history and, you know, how, you know, exactly how long every, how long ago everything went down. Um, But I, I always try to connect like those scientific discoveries with Christianity and all that good stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that there's a, a lot of merit in that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that the two are necessarily exclusionary. Yeah. Like there are some religious people that just hate science and it's like, why, why yeah. can't you be a fan of both? You know, why can't, why can't you use science to help prove some of those theories? Well, I refuse to think that they always talk about how intelligently created and designed we are. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, then 
why wouldn't we thrive and like expand and like mm -hmm. use our our minds and you know expand the knowledge base of our society and yeah. open source tools and why what is your you know some people just want to live in a small town and this mm -hmm. world is not our home and just die you yeah. know yeah and i mean that's my take on it i'm probably mistaken a good portion of the time but <laughs> i think that living your life as though that there's a an afterlife immediately following at least as far as you know um makes it a lot more worth living yeah um i haven't well i don't want to get into all of my sure. beliefs on this show i guess but um i'm often struck i'm often more convicted that there's got to be some sort of uh it, it's totally plausible to me that our consciousness could go inhabit another form mm -hmm. with a intelligent creator at a later date uh because of meditation yeah like meditation convicts me more of that in many ways like nice because i really realized that everything is just a part of my consciousness you mm -hmm. know like um have you still been doing waking up i haven't in a while man you just some weeks it just goes really well and other weeks it just doesn't but mm -hmm. um I, I think that there are clear upticks in in comprehension for me as a result of meditation and uh i don't know i find it very powerful but sometimes it, it further convicts me of the whole biblical narrative or you know some sort of higher power and then other times it, it might talk me more out of it i sure. don't know that's interesting i don't know it is difficult whenever you know, it's like, how are some Christians going to take advantage of all the science of like what goes into your shampoo and your toothpaste and your consumer package goods right. and, you know, the weather forecast and your vehicles and everything that you do. But then if it conflicts with a world that's longer, you know, older than 10,000 years old or predicates that we didn't, you know, there weren't just a bunch of white people after the Garden <laughs> of Eden or something, you know, yeah. like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like imagine, I don't know, and you, if you talk with some people, they would be like, God would never allow that to happen. But I'm like, what if some of like the calendar stuff was like human error, you know? Like what, what if they forgot a zero or, uh, I don't know. Listen, I think, I think the majority of this biblical documentation, I think that there was probably some puffery involved. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, a bunch of the biblical narrative characters had big egos and obviously they're following the big shots at the time, not, yeah. you know, Joe blow on the street, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so where was I going with that? Um, I think that they were good faith actors that tried to pull together and translate all of this stuff into a concise narrative that is not concise, um, in, mm -hmm. in some ways. Um, I guess many theologians would say, oh, yes, it is. It's like a history of, you know, yeah. Judaism to Christianity. And yeah. and then you can go to the book of Numbers and it, you know, references all the generations and everything. So I recognize that. But um, I haven't oh, done... all the begats. Yeah. So-and-so begat so-and-so. Um, but I haven't done enough research on that. So I'm just kind of spitballing here. I think it's an interesting topic. Well, and even if you do go with the biblical, like, not everything was kosher, dude. Like... Uh, brothers and sisters were hooking up based on the biblical narrative <laughs> mm -hmm. to procreate and create the earth. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, get off your high horse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Don't, that's Brad's quote, not mine. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, speaking of time and timelines, um, I, I'm trying to think about what triggered this little exercise in my mind, but I did spend a little bit of time in a Google spreadsheet this morning getting okay. ready for you. Um, I was watching, I think it was Facebook videos mm -hmm. the other day, and Derek Jeter's walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th in New York game four world series uh, from like 2004 came up okay. and I watched it and I realized it was one of those games that like I watched as a kid, you know, I was probably uh, 14 mm -hmm. at the time about, and you know, it was one of those iconic walk-off home runs that, you know, forced another game, blah, blah, blah. Um, actually, no, they were split or something, but, um, and I realized the several baseball games that I've watched here recently, I really recognized, I don't know any of this generation of players. And like, I think of like Beltre or A-Rod or mm -hmm. whoever was iconic is like, well, they, they just retire. They're a couple years out. And then I realized, well, no, like there's an entire new generation of people and all the people that I'm referencing time has lapsed. Like they're yeah. legends at this point. And I, it was so interesting because I, I thought of things back then as Derek Jeter just, you know, hit that home run. Mm -hmm. I, and I wasn't really thinking I'm 14. It's 2004. I didn't have a, a time marker. So I'm always trying to go back and contextualize like, mm -hmm. okay, well, where was I, what was I doing? <laughs> and, um, so I just, uh, I got to thinking, wouldn't it be interesting to kind of just document the big things that happened each year of my life? Sure. And I didn't get to all of them, but I did see some direct correlations between what was happening just right around the time that you and I would start having recollection uh -huh. and memory capacity and tying it back to today. Okay. And essentially how it's interesting. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> interesting. I like that. Okay. So do you, are you going to share some of that or? Yeah, let's do it. Um, what was I think? So what you were, you were born in 92, 91, 91, July of 91, July 6th, 1991. So what's your first memory of like a sporting event or big game that you watched or something? Um, okay. So I remember this is kind of crazy on cartoon network. Um, they had like Super Bowl ads and I don't even remember which Super Bowl this was, but, um, man, I had to have been like five, four or five. And I remember, uh, to set it up, they had like Bugs Bunny versus Daffy Duck. And then they were a part of, uh, you know, whichever Super Bowl teams were on at the time. So that was football. That was kind of like maybe my introduction to football. Um, and then obviously huge for me was uh, Space Jam for basketball. Um, was that Super Bowl uh, hyping Space Jam or the, the Looney Tunes like crossover with that? No, no, no. So Space Jam in and of itself, like, because I, I was just, a, you know, I was allowed to watch like Bugs Bunny. So my dad would buy me like a bunch of those types of movies. So that's, you know, I don't think I watched much basketball until like i saw looney tunes and michael jordan i i don't in my head i don't know if i knew who michael jordan was until i watched space jam yeah i, I don't know that to be true but if i'm trying to remember now like that's 
that's the first memory I have of Michael Jordan. That's pretty crazy. I don't know if I could trace back first impressions or memories of most of these things, but it makes perfect sense because one of the columns here in my spreadsheet uh, is year and movie. And 1996, the number number one and number two movies were Independence Day and Space Jam. Really? So you being born in 91, thinking that you're five, Space Jam being the biggest movie of 96 Uh makes perfect sense. Dang. Okay. But that's crazy because now in 2021, there's a new Space Jam. Yeah. It's coming out this or next in July. And we always thought about Space Jam as just like present. And then like. Oh yeah, like uh-huh. remember back when? And now it's like, oh, that was uh, you know, how many years ago? Right. If you were born in '96, you're drinking, you're serving in the military, you're, mm-hmm. dude, you're 25 or something. Yeah. Yeah, you're 25. Wow. You can rent a car. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, have okay. no memory of that. Right. No. Like that's something that you you heard about from. You didn't even hear about it from the older kids because you don't yeah. remember anything until you're six. Right. And so, you know, they don't remember anything until 2002. Right. Dang. They, they don't remember 9-11. Mm-hmm. They were too young. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's the kind of weird mind bender that uh-huh. this can be. Um, this was also partially inspired by the ongoing Free Britney saga. Oh, And realizing yeah. that... Uh, you know, her first hit, Hit Me Baby One More Time, 1999. I have her album on cassette, along with NSYNC and the Tarzan soundtrack. Oh, Tarzan soundtrack was my very first CD purchase ever. Really? Yes. So I had that on cassette. My The first CD that I ever picked out for myself, Smash Mouth, Astro Lounge. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey now. Uh-huh. Like the oh before Shrek. Did you listen to Radio Disney? Like Of course. I, I went used to a re- Radio Disney concert. Yeah. My first concert was the A-teens and Aaron Carter, baby. Oh, snap. <laughs> Is that the My House guy or whatever? Like uh or... the bar- Aaron's party. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I beat Shaq. Oh my goodness. I thought I was like these guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It I think that with my older friends and older affiliations, sometimes people are like, what, you're not super into the Beatles or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was just born at this weird time where like, why is it that I really like pop and rap music? Mm-hmm. And then you just look at what was fed to us yeah. at our age of you know consciousness and then our palette of form, like mm-hmm. palette forming formative years of like yeah. 13 on. I'm five years old listening to come on and jam and welcome to the yes and everybody get up it's time to jam now <laughs> oh yeah i loved all those songs like uh in uh 1992 rhythm you can feel it you can feel it rhythm yeah. rhythm is a di- i love all those songs from the roller skating everywhere. ring in the 90s yeah. my goodness that's why uh I just needed to trace this back because I'm like, mm-hmm. was this all just like an eclectic mix or yeah. no, it was pretty down the it middle. It was but... all a dream. <laughs> used to read Word Up magazine. That was like before our age of consciousness, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. We were just immersed. Like... We, we never experienced that. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Um, So Super Bowl in 19, we'll just go to 1996. Okay. You were saying that it was a, they were hyping it up with uh, Looney Tunes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to remember the teams that were going to be playing? I wish I did. For some, did the Dolphins ever go to the Super Bowl? Giants? I mean, 
the Dolphins and the Giants have been to the Super Bowl, yes. Like, historically. Okay, but it was neither of them? Well, we won. Dallas won. Larry oh, Brown was the MVP. I don't know who we beat. Um, I should have known that, yeah. But didn't know if... Uh, I don't have any memory of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was compiling, like... All the Super Bowls since you know yep. eighty nine to were the were the ninety eight. Did you only put who won? I did. Okay, because I'm like I'm wondering still if the well, I'm gonna look I did up. in the MVPs. Mm-hmm. So nineteen eighty nine, no memory, but the 49ers won with Jerry Rice. Um, nineteen ninety, 49ers won again. MVP was Joe Montana. Mm. In ninety one, the Giants won, and Otis Anderson uh, was their MVP. Um. 92 Washington football club team one, Mark Rippian. Mm-hmm. Then you see in 93, Dallas, Troy Aikman. 94, Dallas, Emmett Smith. 95, 49ers, Steve Young. And then 96, Dallas, Larry Brown. Hmm. So it makes sense that just as we were coming around to a, an age of consciousness that we had rabid parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles who were living in a dynasty age, yeah. uh, the golden age, where we were cemented as America's sweetheart team. We had the risky, riskiest cheerleaders. We had the billion-dollar value cap. We uh, you know, went out and got the murderers and made all the press, <laughs> and Deion Sanders and Troy Aikman, the, yeah. what do we call it, the triplets. You know, mm-hmm. we, we were dynamic. And so it makes it's interesting to see the thought persuasion and the molding of young minds. Like yeah. There's a rabid, multi-generational coalition of dallas cowboys fans yeah. globally i'm also just now recognizing i had a nba like jam sega genesis video game that had to have been one of my early memories of, of, of basketball too um but yeah that's that's crazy and i think out of this context yeah ob- the cowboys won 96 but i don't know why the dolphins are sticking because i just looked it up they didn't they won theirs like in the 70s um so i don't know why that sticks out to me but that's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what was one of the first movies that you ever went to go see in the theater? Um, I think I saw the Power Rangers movie in the theater. Okay. Oh, dude. I mean, like, I saw the Disney movies, like Lion King, um, a Goofy movie, Aladdin. But those were on VHS. No, like, uh, Lion King came out, like, what, in 94? Let's look it up. I uh, I know I saw Toy Story in the theater. 1994. Yeah, see? Okay, I should have just gone back to that year of coverage. It's funny. Movies are one of the first things that you can definitively remember your attendance at. Yeah. Even more so than sports or pop culture or anything. So, 94, Lion King. Mm-hmm. 95, top movie of the year was Toy Story. Yeah, see? So, I, named, and I, I named both of those. I clearly remember seeing, I think, both uh-huh. or at least Toy Story, dude. I can even I can even go back and tell you what happened during Toy Story. There was a storm and it cut off the electricity while we were in there. I was scared as all get out. There was a crazy hailstorm. Uh, I remember it was either my like papa's or my uncle's car got damaged from the hail, um, and that was all the day that we went and saw Toy Story. It's fascinating. They've made what three or four since four. And man, if you have not seen Toy Story three and four, and like you like the Pixar movie, like I've I still love those movies. Love even Pixar. though I'm older. Yeah. Um, 
and dude, Toy Story three that came out our fresh my freshman year of college, and Toy Story three is about Andy going to college. Oh, I did see and, that one. Uh, yeah, man, that one was sad. Tear jerker. Yeah, I don't like it when they do that to me. I loved um, it. I haven't seen four. I'm pretty sure, but it was really good. I think that the big narrative surrounding four is that kids that saw their first movie toy story in mm-hmm. 1994 were taking their kids to see this movie yeah and i was like oh my goodness mm-hmm. you know this is what is it about our generation that they they prolong some of these franchises for us yeah. like uh, well we feed off of nostalgia for sure i don't know what that's about but i think it's just because it's always a series of firsts like we yeah. didn't have media in the format that we've had it or mm-hmm. people that globally consumed the same content in these huge production companies and uh now we do and this is part of the manifestation and and Mm -hmm. capitalization of our affection for these franchises like fast and furious or toy story or even space jam like everything is coming back space jam is you know 25 years on and i know there's a lot of lebron haters out there you got to recognize that he's great you don't have to say that he's better than michael jordan but um he's an incredible player one of the best we've ever seen and even if you don't watch it for that, the songs that they have been putting out for Space Jam 2, like this album is at least going to be crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I've loved the songs that have dropped from it so far. To those that... I, I don't get why you spend so much time comparing MJ to Kobe, MJ yeah. to um, LeBron James or Steph Curry or whoever. Like, who cares? Like, I can't... Can't I, you just... Lo- like? I'd love to be. Can't honest. you just appreciate what's going on? Exactly, and and accept the fact that none of them are the same. Yeah, no two people are alike, and no two styles of game are identical. Mm-hmm. And can we not just be man enough to just say, "Hey, you know, given a shot to have a one-on-one or a three-on-three, each of them in their equivalent prime or commiserate prime, we don't know who would win." Right. You know, like, and it would probably vary by the day. Yeah, they'd probably both win. Yeah. Because people's argument, oh, the game has changed. Like, you know, doesn't matter. We were able to see Michael Jordan play, and now we get to see LeBron and and Luca and Trey Young. Like, man, Trey Young has been an awesome villain uh, this this playoff series. Um, you know, just doing the shimmy. Uh, and you know, I know quite, nothing about he, any he, of this. He uh, he's been like quieting the crowd in away games and. But uh, one of these last games, uh, he got the ball, lined up at the three, did a shimmy, and then shot it and m- made it. And after the game, they're like, so uh, what prompted you to you know, do the shimmy before the shot? And he's like, I had enough time. <laughs> I was like, I love that, man. Like, this is the villain we've needed. Um, it, yeah, it's been awesome to watch. What... Um... What's been going on with the Mavs? Because I saw that Jason Kidd's Yo. our new head coach. And yes. what happened between Carlisle and Luca? Um, there was some I, bad I get, blood there. Apparently, I don't know exactly what went down, but apparently, uh, Luca was not a fan. Um, he was a fan of the GM, which they also let go. Donnie Nelson. Yeah, longtime GM. Uh huh. Um, and then they got like the head of some Nike. Yes, a Nike executive. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to pan out. I am a little worried about Jason Kidd because I feel like everywhere he's gone, it has not ended well. Um, as a coach? Uh-huh. How, how long has he been coaching? Loved him though? as a player. Uh, a, f- a handful of years. Not. I do like that he was on the team that brought home, you know, uh-huh. 
a trophy to Dallas. I agree. Um, Isn't Dirt now a consultant or something? Yeah. What is that? I, I, I think that was more like PR because we were letting some of these people go. And it's like, hey, but look, we brought on Dirk and he's going to help us figure this thing out. Like, I, that's how I view it is more of like trying to ease tensions. It's like, here's somebody that we all love helping out pick the next person. Probably. And they're probably trying to like, I mean, if he's going to stick around yeah, at least part time throughout the season, like, um, he's such, I mean, Nowitzki way, like mm -hmm. there's so much branding around him. Yeah. And I, again, I'm not mad at, you know, if you were a legendary player, like a kid or a Nowitzki on a championship team, mm -hmm. you know, having you affiliated, having you in a leadership role is not the worst thing to try to start out with. Yeah. A couple years ago, we had a chance to uh, potentially woo Steve Nash as a coach. And like, you know, he, he played on the Mavs for a little bit. Um, is he the Brooklyn Nets coach? I believe so. Um, but I, I would have rather have had him than kid, but you know, um, Boy, speaking um, of coaches, like all of the legendary players that we grew up on are now coaches. Isn't that crazy? Man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see what the map. I'm not going to be super pessimistic about it. Um, and we'll just see. I think another thing that really sparked this whole um, backtracking was uh, I woke up to a text from Michael and it was just a link to Stereo Love on Spotify. <laughs> and I just started playing it and I was like, uh -huh. when are they going to stop breaking my awesome and it elicits so many memories because it was just the hype when i was 20 and the night that i turned 21 we all danced to that song yeah. and i looked it up 2009 wow and i'm like that was 12 13 years ago yeah like it it's wild that uh and it's also wild to me how i think that I'm at the age of reckoning where I'm like, oh, this is why your parents start getting out of touch with the reality because it's like I got so much information, yeah. like so much absorption that and I'm focused on these very singular tasks or, or driving mm -hmm. towards these things like work or career or my family. Like there's no way that you could just continue to ingest all of that as right. though you were an eager, thoughtful child. And there's more access to all those things. There's more than of ever. it. Yeah. So we never stood a chance. No. But I, I stay in tune a little bit just because I hear what my students are talking about. Um, but even then, I'm like, who is that? And I don't go look it up later. I wonder if kids that grew up with Internet connected devices from a very early age are more OK with like letting FOMO go. Like if you were a kid that grew up and you watched every movie in the theater, mm -hmm. you know, and you watched like the big network TV shows, mm -hmm. you were on it. That's yeah. all you could do. Right. Maybe play video games, go to school, do whatever. You were on it. That's that's the furthest you could be in pop culture. And now it's like with the internet, it's totally different. Yeah, I think it might have shifted a little, but there's like the same or more than ever the, the feeling of missing out for them. Um, they always want to make sure they do or have whatever the next, whatever their peers have or have done. It's crazy. I wanted to pay off uh, your esports conversation the other day with your principal uh -huh. about how it was like a legitimate thing and should be recognized and at least capitalized on from a teaching and sure. com competition and scholarship perspective. Uh -huh. um, you know how we had that long-winded conversation about John Rahm the other day yes. getting uh, disqualified automatically from the Memorial Tour to Memorial Tournament after testing positive for COVID nineteen, right? And that whole debacle. 
uh, his, remember how I said his his uh, warm up time at the U.S. Open is going to be compromised mm -hmm. as a result of all of this? It wasn't. No. Old boy went out, won the U.S. Open, hey. won it on a Sunday, birdied the last two holes, did it on Father's Day, on his first Father's Day. His father was there. Uh, it was a storybook ending to that whole drama. And when asked about, this is your first event back from the, the memorial where you were sure to lock that one up. Uh -huh. You know, what are your, what is your feeling on that? He said, I didn't even think about it once. I didn't even think negatively about it once. I, I have no remorse or anxiety over that. Mm -hmm. I knew that good things are going to come. If I'm playing this good and this happens, like good things are going to come. And I just never... I just let it unfold. I just yeah. let it happen. And I kept positive. And right now, this is such a beautiful experience with my son, my wife. Like I won my first PGA tour event here. Mm -hmm. I proposed to my wife here. You know, it, it was such a storybook major wow. finish. It was just insane. That's an incredible mentality to have too. It was an incredible mentality. It was beyond inspirational. I tweeted about it. Um, I ended up finishing this up on like a Monday morning before work mm -hmm. um, on delay and somehow got to see it come down to the wire. It was a really great U.S. Open. Yeah. And in the the post post interview series where you, they go on the logo backdrop and take all the media's questions, one of the questions was, uh, so, John, what did you do this morning? Like, what was your mindset? And he's like, he was kind of, you know, sheepish and said, uh, can I be honest with you? He was like. I was kind of excited that I was teeing off at like 2.05 because there was a, a live uh, Twitch coverage of a big eSports Call of Duty tournament yeah. that I'd been dying to watch. I watched some of it. And he was like, it, it was 90 minutes. It was perfectly timed. So I was really hyped that I got to watch <laughs> that before I went out and won the U.S. Open. Wow. And it was like, whoa. That's just, incredible. I immediately thought about you and I was like, this is so pressing that the number one golfer in the world the morning of the U.S. Open is so pumped that he just gets to watch this live coverage. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of fan base that it, it delivers. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's plugging that, like, it just immediately tied in with what you were saying, that awesome. this is an emerging thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for bringing that up. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to try to keep pushing that. There's a lot of things that I'm really trying to work on this, this coming year. Um, I've even dropped some more I ideas with our principal, but we'll see if they pan out. But that's really cool to hear about the esports. All right. Well, I th I feel like that. I did, we didn't go over every cell in my spreadsheet, but mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm satisfied with that. I am looking up. Okay, you want to guess when Mulan dropped? Sure. Um, let's see. I'm gonna say ninety. Hmm. I'm going to say 98. You're correct. I am? Yep. Let's go. <laughs> Great job. Thank you. That's pretty crazy. Uh, when was Cinderella? Oh, maybe like 92. Okay, it's weird. Like, it's 1950. It's really that old? I know Snow White is super old. I didn't think Cinderella was. Cinderella is 1950. Dang. Oh my goodness. That's wild. What happened between 50 and like 1994 where they just started like making animated films yeah. again? 
Um, Pinocchio yeah, was like 1921 or something, right? Snow White is 1937. I knew that one was old. Pinocchio. Um, 1940. Dang. Um, I'm positive we've done this little like, you know, trek down memory lane in terms of these animated movies on a show like 50 episodes ago now. You think so? Yeah, I still can't believe it's 75. That's like, yeah. What what is the uh, anniversary stone that you get? I remember doing this on 25 and like 50. (laughs) Let's see. We never knew. Yeah. What year of our marriage is it, Brad? Anniversary stone. 75. If you make it to 75, you had to have gotten married at 20 and lived to 95. Yeah, dude, that's insane. I'm going to, Sapphire. Sapphire. Yeah, boy. Getting upgraded. Mm -hmm. Let me upgrade you. We should go to at least 100 to get syndication. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I agree with that. Mm Mm-hmm. You got anything else going on? I feel like I'm... Um, man, our house <laughs> is coming along. Yeah? Even more yeah. so than the last time? Yeah, dude. Like, all the shingles are up. They've they've started... Shingles? Yeah, bro. Do you have an updated photo? Yeah. I only saw wood the last time. I Yeah, this is insane. So, um... Dude, Dave came out, and I haven't watched it at all. I haven't either. Oh, my goodness. You have a home. <laughs> yeah, man. They're just making st- steady progress on this. This yeah. is insane. Oh my goodness. <laughs> nice dude. Yeah. And so this was last what's today, Sunday? This yeah. was uh this was on Wednesday. So I'm sure they've put even more stuff up since then. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So home's coming along nicely. Super excited about that. Heck yeah. Um That's amazing. When when are you gonna be moving in? the day it's done. Like, but when is that? So you think? they they won't at this give pace us, like August? They'll give us like a two-week window when they think it'll be complete but they said they because um there's like a shortage like around the world for supply like uh yeah just their supplies and everything has gotten so much more expensive so we're very blessed to have already been locked into our contract price because i guarantee other houses in our neighborhood like the prices have spiked like insane since we first signed our contract um but yeah, they said, you know, it should take about six months uh, ish, but that was, they said that before, you know, the consecutive weeks of rain where they weren't able to work on our home. Mm. Um, and so they just said, yeah, we're going to give you a two week window when, whenever we'll be kind of finishing it up. So I'm thinking October, November. Okay. You'll be in the home for Christmas. Yeah. That's cool. Uh-huh. That's really fun. Yeah, super, super excited about it. Man, the market is just like crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Apparently, these firms like, have you heard this like BlackRock and these different PE firms are just buying all of America's homes? Yeah, I invested in BlackRock for a little bit. Yeah, probably not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I made a little bit of cash on it. <laughs> uh, man, I thought I was going to make my money back on Clove this past Oof. week. It got up to 15 14 or something. Uh-huh. I think my position was about fifteen eighty two for yeah. the majority for my shares. So I had to hold on to it for a whole another week and yeah. we'll see what happens this week, but Bro. it does seem like there's been some heat generating around there. I hope so. Crypto has been bugging. Like what's been happening? Tanking, man. Like I I am It I, had a big spike there for I a minute. I am officially in the red. Um all time with Ethereum. Oh. No, okay. not all time. But I am 
I am in the red, so I'm hoping that uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that goes back up. Like you have more principal into Ethereum than it's currently worth. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. So all time on Ethereum, you are down. On Ethereum, yes, but okay. still, I've made enough money with Doge and AMC, <laughs> AMC multiple times um, that I oh my all time I've I've I'm in the green. But if Ethereum keeps dropping, we'll see. Based on all the novice research that I've done this year, I would say that putting some money into Bitcoin sparingly as you see fit seems to make sense at the moment Mm -hmm. and to be the commonly agreed one that, okay, there's substance behind this. Uh, There's a a quantifiable amount of it available in the world, which is even crazier than gold. Mm -hmm. And so blah, blah, blah. Ethereum seemed to be the next best choice that also was contingent on some sort of blockchain technology and some real, some real technology behind it that also supported Bitcoin, I believe you had said. Mm -hmm. Um, All these others are just like altcoins that you have to view as like, like a meme stock that if Mm -hmm. you buy it, it's like maybe if memes get made, it can pump and dump, you know, spike the price, drop the stock or drop the, uh, the crypto. It's not some. I don't have anything but the five dollars that Coinbase gave me for initially signing up. I have not purchased anymore yeah. through Coinbase. I have not re-upped on Robinhood. I still have all hundred percent of my buying power in Clove. I have four hundred and eight shares of Clove. Nice. And you know, I have my little sheet where you know it's gone to twenty five or twenty eight dollars this year. Mm-hmm. If it does that again, and I am able to sell at that amount, you know, it'll be a I will have done really well with my initial principal into Robinhood this year. Yeah, awesome. Like I would have been almost, I would have almost tripled my money at that point. Mm-hmm. Dang. No, actually, if it goes to those prices, I would have definitely done that. Yeah. Yeah. So here's open, fingers crossed. Yeah, I have faith that it's going to come back. I actually got a tweet from a guy that's been covering it recently, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm buying back in whenever it hit." went back to 11 or 10 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like just hemorrhaging. Yeah. Uh, he was like, no, have faith. Like yeah. I've, he said that he'd made a lot of money off of it in the last run and pointed me to like a community where I was like, Oh, okay. And mm. it was getting more of the hundred out of hundred short squeeze, you know, yeah. a, a lot of uh, wall street bets mentions. Like I look at their mentions. Like, do you look at the graph of, I used to how many times a stock is mentioned in posts over a day? I used to. Yeah. But yeah. You've been but more I've been chilling. Passive recently. Yeah. I'm hey, your arm looks money. good. Thanks, man. Um Courtney's gonna take out those stitches on the thirtieth. Somebody asked me how it looked and I was like, I don't know. He was bandaged. Yeah, it was, it was wrapped up, but yeah, looking good. The swelling has gone down, the bruising is no longer there. Goodness. Yeah. I definitely gotcha. Yep. It, does time. it itch yet? Uh no. I put like some I, I clean it and put ointment on it and stuff. So, Word. <laughs> <laughs> For your wounds, Brad. Yeah, man. I'm glad that that's out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to your, I don't, will we record again before your B-Day? Um, probably not probably. before the actual day, right? Mm, I don't know. We might. The 6th is a, like a, a week from a Tuesday. Yeah. A week from Tuesday. And we're yeah, going. see why we wouldn't record before then. We're going and floating the river that next weekend. Yes, sir. Man, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be, be a lot of fun. Dirty I haven't 30. done that in years. Yeah, same. I'm like, maybe I need to start hanging out outside before we go so I'm not just like brutally sunburned. 
Like I need to work up a little bit of a tan before we go. For sure. Yeah. I've been steadily working on it throughout the season. Yeah, you're looking you're feeling looking right. feeling decent with where I'm at, but mm-hmm. again, just trying to get back to a hundred, man. I like it. <laughs> Gonna take some more amoxicillin and <laughs> get this thing all nipped in the bud. I'm just glad that I I rarely ever take off work for being sick, but you know, mm-hmm. I was just beside myself. Yeah. Um fever, chatters, chills. And uh, just liaised that to the team and showed up to the meetings that made the most sense and then excused myself when when I could. Yeah. But Monday, it'll be time to hit the ground running again. There you go. Be back to 100. I like that. Although it's a 10-day regimen of the antibiotics. Oh, really? Have you had strep? A long, long time ago. I feel like I probably had it once mm-hmm. uh, earlier in adulthood, maybe, and I, I don't quite remember when. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing all right. Yeah, it was interesting. I logged my, I was like, I need to see a doctor immediately. And then I was like, telehealth, I'll just see if I can like video chat one. Yeah. And uh, so I just logged into like my coverage portal mm-hmm. and, you know, it was embarrassing. It was like, because of course I don't have a primary care. I need to get all that set up. I have been anti-doctor <laughs> for the <Yeah>. last eight <laughs> years or whatever. So they were like, when was your last medical visit? And I'm like, or doctor appointment. I was like, I just guessed. I was like May five of twenty twelve. Like I had to get a, I had to get a physical for basketball in high school. <laughs> yeah, like it was literally like the last time my mom took me, like, <laughs> which was probably eighteen. <laughs> Who knows? Like I don't know. Yeah. So I just lied and uh, or just made made up a date, and then they just said, uh, okay, they made me clarify any medications I was on. It's gonna be a forty nine dollar copay. Then they put me into a queue and I got an email like, hey, we're already standing by. And I logged in and they'd already made me do a, a camera and microphone check. Yeah. And uh, I saw a doctor immediately. Um, I literally saw that I had a 915. I asked for the appointment at 912. Mm-hmm. She was available at 915. So I just emailed my meeting. I'll be five minutes late. And I was diagnosed, prescribed, checked on, bedside mannered out the door in mm-hmm. five minutes. Like literally she was like, your prescriptions will be ready That's in 30 impressive. minutes at, you know, the, the pharmacy a mile from your house that you just requested. Yeah. That didn't end up being the case, but whatever, had mm-hmm. it gone according to plan, it would have been flawless. And I was kind of driving over to the pharmacy with high hopes to go home with these two prescriptions in a concise manner. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know what? Capitalist healthcare for the win. Like this is innovation. <laughs> I'm being yeah. cared for. And uh, then a couple minutes into Walgreens, and I'm like, Bur- where's Bernie? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you can Uber your food. You can Zoom with your doctor. Like, this is, we were born in the right time period. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's crazy, though. Yeah. It's very it's, isolating. It, you know, this it would have been a more fun, sick period if you'd been, like, I guess in a couple or somebody yeah. you could watch a movie with or something. Right. Because um, I think that, like, emotionally, you're down when you're sick a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I get you. But, you know, if you ever need somebody to, if you're sick, like, need that bro- big hit, bear? hit a brother up. Need that big bear? Nah, yeah. I didn't want to expose you or anything. That's the other thing. Like, I get it. I guess I was contagious the first couple of days. Uh, I guess we'll find out if I'm contagious today. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you, I'll let you know. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Catch me on Instagram without a shirt. <laughs> Dude, I had guys DM me. Literally, my buddy David's like, send that strep my way. I could use a reset, son. And I, girls were DMing me like, not fair. I could use that. <laughs> That's great. Um, so Man. it was not 
thirst trap. Yo, I can't. Yo, imagine you thirst trapping at a hundred percent. See, see what kind of DMs you get then. Oh, son, yeah. man! Every time, do you remember that that uh, story that I did where I told? No, hold on, this Carson will be posting like himself at the pool with his thighs out, like you know, just his let. You'll have your legs in the picture. I'm like, yeah, you got it, dude. <laughs> you must be, you must be getting some DMs off of this. Whatever. <laughs> You know what girls always DM you back when you do that? They're like, thighs. <laughs> That's like the universal yeah. DM back. Hard eyes. Okay, sorry. Do do I remember? Hard that? eyes or just like the eyes. Yeah. You were saying, do I remember something? I'm sorry if that escaped your thoughts. Oh, it totally has. That's my um, bad. Do you remember? Do you remember 21st night? Bro, what was it? I don't know. What were we talking about? Uh, just you thirst trapping. Oh, do you remember the story that I did? Thank you. That worked. Uh, where I'd gone to Chipotle and I gave the bum my change. And when it wasn't enough, he threw it at me. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. It was a, I, I did a, a, again, I just front faced my camera and talked to the camera. So apparently I was thirst trapping. Uh-huh. I, I'm not allowed to take selfies or talk to the camera without it being a thirst trap. You know, I think you should use, I think this should be a compliment because it's like, Oh well, Carson's looking good. He's you know must be taking advantage. But if that just if people are calling you out consistently, that must mean you're kind of always looking good. I'm definitely not. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, you know, trying to spin it. But. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I don't often do these because it mm-hmm. it is kind of. I think about it and I'm like, none of my friends really do these. That are uh, I, I definitely have friends that yeah. do them, and we all appreciate them because they can be very funny mm-hmm. and relevant, right? Yeah. Um, I just have very sparingly done them, but that was the other one that I had blown up type yeah. deal where people hit me offline, online, like, and most of it is just, I, there's no like sexual connotation in any sure. of this. Like this is mainly like for jokes and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, uh, I want to shirk this thirst trap mantra that you and john seals john seals anytime he's ever creeping on snapchat or instagram story and i'm like you're on here he's like thirst trap i'm like whatever get out of here uh you know it's our job just to mess with you all right well stay tuned stay tuned baby you ready to get and go uh yeah just a couple things as far as music um check out um jp sax's new album singer songwriter um he's dating uh julia um julia michaels um they had that song if the world was ending anyway love actually i don't just want to breeze by this i would like to read um some of his lyrics so JP Sachs, he's been one of my favorite singer-songwriters for a couple years now. Um, but he his debut album just came out, or maybe not debut album, but his album. And the final song on his album is called Sing Myself to Sleep. And um he lost his mom uh in 2020. And this is the first album that he's put out since then. And so I want to read the lyrics, if that's cool, um, because it really resonated with me. So yeah, man, I wasn't me- meaning to rush this out here. No, yeah, Take yeah, I know. And I was ready to go too, but then I forgot that I did want to talk about this. So um, the song goes, "I'm okay, but that's not the point. Take it day by day. 
like there's any other choice. Maybe I'm a little too at ease. I didn't always sing myself to sleep. You're still with me. That's what people who love me say. And I hope I figure out how to believe them someday because I think that's something that I'm going to need. I didn't always sing myself to sleep. You sing me lullabies in other languages and I still don't know what they mean. Like a little piece of you to know that uh, that's still there left for me. I'm okay, but that's not the point. And either way, I'm still your boy. I hear your voice in my mind bringing me peace. I didn't always sing myself to sleep. And I thought that was a really like beautiful tribute yeah. to his parent and something that I resonate with because you know people ask me like how are you doing and it's like I'm okay but you know there's still like there's always going to be that that part of me that misses my dad and everything um but yeah throughout this album you know that's the one song dedicated to his mom and then he also talks about relationships and um he's found love but he also talks about like past relationships so if you're into that singer songwriter slightly poppy kind of album then i highly recommend jp Sachs's dangerous levels of introspection oh man even the title is a dead giveaway that carson should not listen to this <laughs> yeah it's sad um, there are there are some sad songs there's also some happy ones too so um i also want to i average like four cries a day during every sick day mm-hmm. you know just from in my in my uh more emotional vulnerable state mm-hmm a physical ailment like mental or like just it hurt my head right yeah um (laughs) my head hurt (laughs) my it's gonna make my eyes rain (laughs) but but these head movies (laughs) make my eyes rain five more sleeps oh tropic thunder for the win oh man that was up next in the queue last night on hbo (laughs) i was like i have to go to bed that's a long movie but that's a gem um okay so i have another album for you that is uh more happy surfaces has a new album um they're that they're the ones that sing sunday best like feeling good feeling okay yeah they have an album that's like nice vacation-y type um all that tyler the creator has a new album out um i'm a fan of it uh you can check it out if you're into (laughs) hip-hop and then i have a show that i man Sorry, I know we were about to get out of here, but... Dude, there's no timeline. You ever hear about the show Songland? Uh Uh-uh. This is new to me, and I always thought Songland was the show Nashville, which is like a scripted uh, Hayden Panettiere. She's trying to, you know, become famous and uh, become like a country singer. I always thought that's what Songland was, so I never paid any attention to it. Um, Songland is not a scripted show. It's a reality show. In which uh, Ryan Tedder, who is uh, the lead guy from One Republic, he's also a huge producer. He's probably produced a lot of songs that you like and didn't know he had a hand in it. Um, and then there's two other producer, which producers that I'm not super familiar with, but maybe you are. Um, they are on every single episode, but one celebrity per episode will come on. And then uh, four singer-songwriters will come onto the show, and they will sing their song. The celebrity for that episode will... What's up? Wait. Was one of these episodes Dua Lipa? I th- uh, potentially. Dude, yes. This this uh, thing is amazing, what you're describing. Yes. I've seen a couple episodes so, of that. So I've seen one, and uh, so I'm going to walk you through it. So we have these three producers. We have a celebrity. The celebrity episode that I watched was the singer Her. 
um, H-E-R. Uh, she does a lot of R&B. So three singer-songwriter or four singer-songwriters came onto the show. Her paired three of them uh, with, you know, one singer-songwriter per producer, and then one got sent home. And she gives uh, the singer-songwriters notes with their producer. They they create the song, and then that celebrity, in this case her, picks one of those songs, and she records and performs it. So, like, the singer-songwriter will get a cut, um, and then the producer and the celebrity on that episode, like, they all create a song together. And you can find these songs on streaming services. Uh, and so I, I watched the episode with her, and I am in love with this. I find it so much more rewarding than, than watching, you know, if you're an American Idol fan or The Voice anything like that. I'm like, I love seeing these super talented people actually create music uh, throughout this episode. And then like, then you get to log on like Apple music or Spotify and listen to it. It's super cool. I might've been conflating something. Okay. Um, Cause I looked through the, the shows for Songland, and uh-huh. I was There's following, I was following episode by episode and just to try to see if uh, what I'd, uh, it might have just been like a documentary mm-hmm. about the creation of a particular song that I thought was really great. But yeah, what you're describing sounds awesome. Yeah, and and there's a tons of different types of artists. So like the, yeah. Jon- the Jonas Brothers have been on, Usher. Usher Raymond, uh, Boys to Men. Yeah, Florida Georgia Line, Ben Platt, Ju- uh, Julia Michaels. I was just talking about her man, J.P. Sachs, right? Oh, wow. Um, Megan Trainer, Yeah, tons. John Legend, tons of different artists. And so if you're into that music thing, um, man, these these songs will get stuck in your head and you'll be mad that not all of them become a finished product. Like, cause I heard four songs in this episode, only one of them wins out and actually becomes like a full fledged song, but they're all like really good. So I would recommend the show Songland If, if uh, you're into music and that Songland on so, NBC. Yeah. I guess it's on. Peacock. I watch it. They have season two on Hulu. Okay. Um, good tip. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. And then I've got a, uh, a YouTube recommendation. Hit me. Um, so y'all know that I'm on my, I love Tim Dillon rants and Lex Friedman, JRE. Um, I'm on Spotify for that, but one of the YouTube channels that I found kind of rewarding recently is this, uh, channel called cold fusion. Okay. And it's, um, it's brief synopses of like various stories typically to do with like a a business or a financial interest often with, you know, uh, schemes, you know, like Theranos, um, uh, Enron, um, you know, different conspiracy heists or whatever, like cold fusion or even like, you know, the top six brands that, you know, messed up and went away, like, you know, blockbuster and, you Mm -hmm. know, these different, these different products or, or companies. And this guy just does a very thoughtful job of kind of compiling a lot of compelling footage and, um, you know, cuts and graphs and different things like that in a pretty unbiased way to give you kind of a, and he extends the benefit of the doubt as well mm-hmm. in some of his critiques or narratives. But um, Cold Fusion seems to be a pretty cool channel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to write that down now and I'll let you know my thoughts. What was your next reco? You had one coming for, for some, I feel like I cut you off. Um, as far as music goes, I was saying JP Sachs, uh, surfaces, Tyler, the creator song land on NBC uh, for song shows. Land, check that out. As far as show goes, um, 
I also wanted to point out Ed Sheeran has a new song out and I did not enjoy it, but you know, that's just, maybe I'm just a hater. I'll have to um, give it a, give it a go. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some other stuff that we can just kind of get into now. By the way, week. the Dallas, Texas Twitter thing that you and John put me on, yeah. it has me like, we live in a it, war zone. Yeah, like, man. Uptown, first of all, is worse than I even thought. Yeah. Like just shootings and mass brawls and yeah. goodness. And like the one yesterday of that lady coming out of that liquor store with mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> and hitting that person and hitting that car like, bro, oh my goodness. Wild. That thing is crazy. Yeah. But you know what? It's so relevant. Like I was headed home the other day and I saw that big plume of smoke over by the Virgin Hotel. And then I see on Dallas, Texas Twitter later, like what it was like cars on fire in a garage across from Virgin Hotel. Like it's like, goodness, this is so like relevant and proximate to me. Yeah, Yeah, man. The road rage off Campbell. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Just like beating the dude through his truck window. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on. There's like road rage shootings and a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Go so. follow Dallas Texas Twitter on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm saying if you're into that Dallas kinda, TV, I think like it's uh, it's insane. Yeah. Yep. So those are my plugs. Um. Yeah, that's about it. I'm just going to be working on uh, my master's classes. Uh, we're done in person. We're done um, with our instruction, and now I just have like a research proposal, and then uh, like 14 articles that i have to write like it's it's gonna be a crazy july is gonna be a crazy month i'm actually i have a meeting with some of my people uh here later this evening um to discuss our group project but oh that zoom calls later this evening yeah oh okay yeah um we'll get you out of here buddy but i just wanted to give a shout out to all the people that uh reached out to me um i can't tell you how many friends like shell bell Perry, like random people, all all sorts of friends offered to, you know, go get me food or, you know, Oh, I wish I was there. Like very, very thoughtful. Uh, I can't tell you how much that lifted my spirits. And I'd say I'm in the eighties percentiles at this point and Mm -hmm. creeping up the 90 and we'll be back to normal. So thank you for that. Glad you're feeling love and support. Awesome. Um, all right, man. Without further ado, we will catch you up next time. Peace. 